Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and uh, it's becoming more of a habit that Tuesdays is Wednesdays. Do, uh, more, more technology issues for me again, so I, uh, I apologize to you and, and all the listeners. So just, just pretend it's Tuesdays, so it's Tuesday, and, and we're, we're getting in the, the, the right update. Is that, is that okay, Stu? 100%, Dave. We definitely need to get you some new technology. Yeah, you would think this day and age uh, that uh, that I that I could get a a stable laptop that works, but uh, and and uh, and and maybe we'll talk about that on on a podcast, but uh, in the future. But but for now, let's, let's take a look at what's been a a really interesting last uh, last week in the market. Uh, we we taped last week, and we were we were talking about the Fed announcement. That had come, and the sort of immediate market reaction uh, that we saw in the afternoon last Wednesday, and and carried through on Thursday, uh, and and now as we look at it a week later, uh, we've seen a bounce back, but things are kind of different. Where where is your head at now, uh, a week later, and what have you been thinking about since that announcement and seeing in markets? Well, it's uh, it has been an interesting week. There's no question. Um, you know, so the Fed announcement came out, and short-term interest rates. Uh, rose uh, quite significantly in some cases, like you know, not in not in multiple percentage points or anything like that, but relative to a very low level, uh, the change was was noteworthy. And then the second thing that happened was longer term interest rates actually rallied a little bit off the Fed announcement, which um, has been you know really the uh, the genesis of most of the discussion in the past week because you know the slope of the yield curve is a very important. A barometer for what the market thinks about uh, what's going on. So, you know, if we if we take a step back and kind of look at what uh, Chairman Powell had said before and going into the meeting was, you know, I think many people thought that they were going to let inflation run a little hot and that the main focus was going to be on unemployment. And then inflation, in fact, has been a little bit hot. Uh, yeah. And the commentary was, but likely transitory. And you know, good evidence as to why it should be transitory. You know, pockets of things where there are legitimate price pressures, but a whole bunch of um, indicators that would suggest that uh, you know we're not in, in the in the midst of a new you know kind of secular move in, of inflation. So in the in the statement and in the press conference, they really acknowledged that inflation had been high, and um, and they had some dot plots which suggested that there might be. Uh, a tightening, two tightenings by the end of 2023, and in uh, some commentary in the ensuing days, I think one Fed governor, you know, said maybe even by the end of 2022. So, you know, this kind of threw you know the bond market for a discussion, which was longer-term interest rates are usually indicative of economic growth, and shorter-term interest rates are more indicative of the policy of interest rates or the path of interest rates over. The shorter period of time, and um, you know, even though the the increase in interest rates is very gradual as priced into the stock market, the longer end of the bond market worried that this uh, could slow uh, the economic growth potential. And it comes at a time when that debate had already taken place or already started in the stock market, which was, you know, what happens when some of the fiscal stimulus rolls off, and we need to transition from an economy that has been supported by government stimulus to one that uh, unemployment employment kicks into gear rather 
capital spending kicks into gear, all sorts of things that we think will come in the fall. Um, you know, there is a couple of months here before uh, all the different uh, programs start to roll off. And you're really when you would expect to see surges in hiring is in that September and October payroll, mm-hmm. because that's when the programs end and, and, uh, and, uh, and what have you. And, and that's really when an employ- employment should pick back up. And then the second thing is, too, is that even though the stimulus uh, might end, a lot of people have put the stimulus into their bank accounts and they've saved it. So, you know, it's not like there's not some some uh, remainder that could still fuel the economy. But anyway, that discussion had already started to take place. And then the Fed came in and, and just, you know, tipped people a little bit to the right to say, wow, uh, you know, what if what if they actually uh, start to be, you know, remove some of the monetary stimulus too soon? And uh, yeah. and the yield curve really flattened, and that's uh, that's the discussion that's been going on. So so Stu, maybe maybe talk about the, um, the the yield curve and the and the and the slope of the yield curve, um, and and really kind of the the, the 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 sort of different shapes that that are that that investors should watch for. Um, and 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 sure. what they mean. Let, let why, why don't why do we why don't we start linking that back, and then we'll come to sort of what this bodes for for portfolio positioning uh, beyond where we are right now. Well, it's it's a it's a great point because it is one of the kind of barometers. It's a, you know like that notion of you know we've talked about for the economy, good and getting better, good and plateauing, good and getting worse, worse and getting worser, worse and getting better. You know, these are all uh, you know frameworks that market participants like to have in their mind as they're going about investing. So for the yield curve, um, positive slope, which means that longer dated bonds are higher than short dated bonds, positive and increasing slope is a pretty good uh, view that the economy is in good shape and it's strengthening. And you know the, the the reason that that view takes place is that the longer term bond people are saying, "Wow, you know the economy's strong. I need some more payment." in case interest rates have to be higher or in case there's some inflation. Yeah. And then as they stop to worry about too strong an economy, the yield curve starts it can still be positively sloped and it can start to lose some steepness because that's the bond market's way of saying, oh yeah, the Fed's got this under control. They're going to raise short-term interest rates. I don't have to worry about the purchasing power of my long-term bonds and what have you. You know, the thing that, that um, investors really worry about is when the yield curve inverts. Yes, and we're a long way we're a long way from inversion, but uh, you know that that uh, that kind of knee-jerk reaction to take some slope from the yield curve made people uh, question uh, some of their views on the economy. Now, the last thing that I would say, and there's lots of things that you know come into the lots of ingredients that come into the into the mix here, but um, credit spreads did not move at all, and that is a you know so when you look for you know, different features. Like if you think about driving your car and one light goes off, uh, you really are looking for a handful of lights to go off before you know you better, you better, uh, you better pull over. So, you know, just because the yield curve lost some slope, if in fact there were big economic worries out there that we hadn't thought about, we would expect to see credit spreads change and they didn't change at all. So, uh, you know, and then this week, the Federal Reserve, you know, Chairman Powell spoke yesterday and I wouldn't say, you know, uh, you know, was maybe a little bit kind of more along the lines of what he'd been prior to that Fed meeting, which is to say that, and this is the camp that, um, you know, to make a long story short, uh, the camp that we've been in for a long time is that in- interest rate increases will eventually come. They will be gradual. Uh, they will be very deliberate in nature not to, you know, stall the economy. 
and um, and there is going to be a significant focus on uh, on re- rising employment, and um, and you know that's where people are at for the next uh, you know twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, and and for anyone who uh, who missed it last week, uh, I taped a uh, I, I think a fabulous uh, uh, podcast with Walter Pashevko. Uh, on inflation and interest rates, and 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 a view on interest rates. Uh, you know, I watch I watch CNBC and BNN all day long. I've saw tons of analysts come on uh, over over the last few months uh, to discuss those topics, and I think Walter did a better job of explaining it uh, than anyone I've seen. Uh, so that'll be on the list of, of of other podcasts. But but Stu, we we saw immediately after the Fed reaction after the Fed announcement last week. Uh, we, we saw some real movement, and we've been seeing movement all, all throughout this year in terms of coming into the year, growth favored over value, then value favored over growth. And then we saw almost immediately some of the, a bit of a snapback uh, towards some of the, the, these growth names. But you, you've got a, a really solid way of thinking about this, though, from a portfolio per- perspective uh, with, with respect to growth and value in your portfolio, which is... Yeah, well, it's a great point. Like, you know, in, in my mind, uh, a value investor is just asking themselves, uh, the price that I pay, am I getting compensated with a tremendous amount of growth? And if that's the case, then that's a growth investment that's actually value. And if I'm a value investor and I buy a business that's crumbling away, it doesn't matter what price I pay because I'm likely in trouble. So, you know, inside of a portfolio, uh, you're going to find stocks that would be in both camps. And the reason for that is, is that when you buy a stock, you buy a set of assumptions in some, in some respects about the future. And if, if you think that you're buying a significant margin of safety relative to how that future might unfold, then you're going to make money. And, um, and sometimes that can be in a growth stock because it's uh, priced to grow at 15%. And in fact, it's going to be 17 or 18. So, you know, you've got room to improve there. And other times it's in a value stock where, you know, the stock market is just a little bit too pessimistic or a little bit too impatient with when the business might turn and you're going to make money there as well. So, you know, last week you did have a big move from growth to value. No, sorry, from value to growth. Yes. And the reason for that was, uh, you know, because in general, uh, really what you're talking about is breadth. So when the economy's strong, more stocks benefit. And when the economy starts to soften, fewer stocks benefit because you need, you know, great management teams and really good growth programs to kind of drive growth in that type of an environment. And there's, you know, sometimes there's fewer of those companies. But when we look at our overall portfolio, we have, you know, stocks in our value basket that we really like, and there's stocks in the growth basket we really like. And in each case, you're sitting there saying, do I think that the business is going to uh, deliver in the future at a rate that's better than what's priced into the share price today? And those can be growth stocks, those can be value stocks. So there's some growth stocks that will be lousy investments. There's some growth stocks that will be fantastic investments. And the same can be said for the value camp. And, and again, a really important point. You're going to have a you're going to have some of both, uh, but in all cases, you want to pay. Um, the, the the right price, and that's really the magic in terms of of, of stock selection and the construction of a portfolio. So, uh, Stu, uh, we we covered a lot today, uh, a lot of really fundamental stuff too. This is this is a really this is a really good one for investors to think about uh, the yield curve, what interest rates and the yield curve are telling you, and then the composition of your portfolio, 
that you want to have that diversification growth and value along and along with other lines. So some, uh, some fantastic stuff. Wow. We maybe we'll keep doing this on Wednesday. You're, you're smarter on Wednesdays. <laughs> okay. We, we give you an extra day to prepare. I'm about to go on my July diet. So I'm going to, I'm going to go from, uh, I've been a solid growth stock here through the, uh, the pandemic lockdown. I'm going to need to become a little bit more uh, value oriented and the uh, higher food prices are going to help me focus on that diet. So you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see me uh, becoming much more of a better value for you uh, come the end of July. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks very much, Dave. I always appreciate it. Thank you, Stu. Fantastic. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.